got details on the lower end AMD GPUs. Apple will have to start allowing third party app stores and Intel's lower end mid tier to 65 watt chips is what I'm trying to say. Actually, pretty fast. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And today's top question is what flavor beans are in your PC? These are the motherboards. No, this is food. This is beans. But in case you missed it, yesterday's launch of the RX 7900 series happened. The XT took a very long time to sell out on multiple websites. You could buy one on Newegg for over an hour and a half. Didn't seem like people wanted that. You could also get it on AMD store for a long time. The XTX did not go on sale on several websites or it sold out tremendously fast. I actually got in and saw it add to cart on AMD's own website. And then as soon as I hit proceed to check out, it deleted it for me, but never went on sale on Best Buy. Didn't go on sale on several other places. So it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a ton of stock of them on launch. It seems like a lot of the stock actually went to the XT or people just didn't actually want that one. So they just left it and were hoping that they could get the XTX like me. Sad times. Let me know. Did you get a 7900 series GPU yesterday? I want to hear from you down below in the comments. The only good thing I will add to this is the fact that I checked eBay halfway through the day and it looked like there was only seven sold scalp XTX cards. People paid up to $1,600 for them, which is not horrible considering the, the price delta that was on a 4090 getting scalped. It's not good. It doesn't make any sense. I do think the fact that Nvidia has already launched their higher end cards does help to make it so that you can't really scalp the XTX card because like I'll just go buy a 4080 like it's it's cheaper for me to buy a twelve hundred dollar 4080 than it is for me to buy an XTX that's being scalped. Anyways, that's that's my estimation of it. Let me know all of your thoughts on the launch yesterday down below. But the thing that I'm more concerned with is those lower to mid tier cards, probably even a little bit below that. I'm really looking forward to something like the 7600 XT, but we have details that have come out around the 7700 and 7800 GPUs. This actually got reported a while ago. The only reason I held off on talking about it was because the launch of the 7900 series was so big. I felt like it would get lost in the mud about that whole thing. But we do have details being found in the Rockham setup for the upcoming Navi 32 and 33 GPUs, which we're expecting to be the 7800 series and the 7700 series. The only tricky thing there is that with the 6800 XT, that was based on Navi 21, but now it looks like they're lowering the 800 a class, just like Nvidia did with the RTX 4080. They changed which die it's actually based on. So AMD kind of pulling the same moves. However, the details around this are the 7800 XT likely will be about two thirds of what the XTX can perform at. So about 60 to 70% of the full performance of AMD's top of the line, which is actually way better than what we're going to be getting out of the 4070 Ti, which is 30% worse than the 4080. Not great. So it's good to see that AMD is at least keeping those a little bit closer. Obviously, we need to see the price of what a 7800 XT is going to cost, but it at least According to all of the numbers that we're getting as far as multiprocessors and all of the details that we know, the Navi 32 GPU should be pretty dang close, as well as the Navi 33 GPU, which will be the 7700 and 7700 XT. Likely will be half the performance of the XTX, which in case you missed it, 
Uh, the XTX is about double the performance of the 6900 XT, which means that's what these are going to be around. So again, a lot of this will just come down to pricing. Can we get a 7700 XT for any price near where the 6700 XT is? It's not a fantastic price if we got 6900 XT level performance for $500, if that's what the 7700 XT would come in at. But it's it's pretty decent. I mean, that's that would that would be a significant performance increase year on year. You get the better ray tracing you get the better media encoder hopefully and then we just you get really solid competitive performance i think at least based on what we've seen so far from amd this could be a really good generation for this mid-tier the 7700 xt might be mightily popular we'll just have to wait and see for amd to announce this likely ces is where we're going to see the x3d chips and the lower cards on the 7000 series launch so We'll wait, we'll see. But we're not gonna wait anymore to see about today's video sponsor. But friends, today's video is sponsored by Acronis and their CyberProtect Home Office Solution, which is the next evolution of Acronis True Image, in case you've been using that for any length of time. When Acronis actually reached out to sponsor me, I went back to see how long I've actually been using them, and I'm approaching seven years of using Acronis's products. I first used Acronis True Image back in 2016, and seeing CyberProtect Home Office being the next step in that makes a lot of sense because it's a very very simple solution for you to merge cybersecurity features with their award-winning backup and imaging software. So it allows you to have peace of mind for backing up your data, making sure that it's protected and accessible wherever you need it to be because it's actually saved in the cloud. Because you can actually use a Cronus Cloud to make sure that your backups are stored remotely and then you can actually access them wherever you need to actually restore the image. And only a Cronus Cyber Protect Home Office offers complete cyber protection for your personal data with combining advanced cybersecurity with award-winning backup and recovery features in one easy-to-manage solution. It protects data on desktops and laptops, as well as mobile devices. It costs roughly 55% less than using multiple standalone solutions put together, and it reduces complexity because it's all in one suite. And you can manage everything from a single interface. And you can also have individual data protection components turned on or off, installed or not installed. There's a lot of modularity that goes along with it so that you're getting a personalized solution to what you need, but it's simple. It's easy to use. If you need to back up your computer, you can do it locally. You could do it in the cloud. You can make sure that data is being protected. It's being encrypted using the CyberProtect home office setup. And if you use our link in the video description, go.acronis.com forward slash UFD tech and you use promo code UFD tech 2022, you can save 30% off the Acronis CyberProtect home office. Again, that's go.acronis.com forward slash UFD tech entering promo code UFD tech 2022 to save 30%. Big thanks to Acronis for sponsoring today's video and for protecting my data and my imaging for the last seven years of this channel. And just like Acronis can back up your data, protect everything that's going on, AMD wants to protect their GPUs from the high idle power draw that's actually been reported in a lot of the initial reviews of the 7900 series cards. They had that issue where they were drawing way too much power while doing nothing, and AMD addressing this in some driver updates saying that it's a known issue that they do want to fix, and hopefully the change for that will be coming sometime soon. And speaking 
of what's coming sometime soon. Yesterday, we actually were part of the launch of the new CLX Hathor dual gaming PC. This is something that I saw over at TwitchCon. They had the prototype there, which essentially this is a full gaming PC with a full streaming PC all in one chassis. So you don't need to have two different PCs. And one of the neat things about this is that it utilizes an Intel NUC compute element, which actually attaches via PCI Express. This was a part that launched from Intel that people were really confused what the practical use case was for. And now it's being developed by CLX as the exclusive launch partner with Intel to actually put it in a streaming PC. They created its own main board so that you have a capture card attached to it so that you have a full Intel processor with its integrated graphics and quick sync so that you can encode the stream. But then you also have a capture card as well. And also I didn't talk about this in the short that we did, but we'll have a full video coming out on this sometime soon. The main board actually also has an additional slot for graphics, so you might be able to put a graphics card on it. I'm not 100% sure. It's a neat implementation. I suggest you go check out the short that we did on it just to get a brief overview. We only got it on Friday. We have to put it through its paces, but CLX launching something very cool. I really enjoyed playing around with it when I was able to stream on it at TwitchCon and now seeing them bring it out as a final finished product, especially with ours having custom UFD tech and Syngap Research Fund branding. I'm just... I'm excited by it. And you might be excited by crypto stonks. Let's find out what's going on there. Bitcoin, oh, up 3% on the day to be at 17,733. Ethereum's up roughly the same percentage point to be at 1317. And then Dogecoin's up uh, just under 1% to be at 9 cents. And Reese has my ears perked up at those UFD deals. He brought us some really spicy deals yesterday. I want to see more today. What you got? Hey, welcome back to UFD deals. We're bringing the hottest tech deals out on the internet. Times are wasting, so let's get into the deals because first up, we have the Microsoft Surface Pro 7 Plus. With this 12.3 inch touchscreen, an Intel Core i5 11th gen processor, 8 gigs of memory, a 256 gigabyte SSD, all going for only $649.99, which is $580 off for this weird tablet hybrid laptop thing. I don't know what to classify this under, so I just put it as both. But just so you know, everything on UFD deals is categorized so you can find things easily. But if you're leaning more towards the laptop side than the Samsung Galaxy Pro 360 with the most Tony Hawk Pro Skater name ever, with its 15.6 inch AMOLED touchscreen display, an Intel Evo platform Core i7, 16 gigs of memory and a one terabyte SSD. You can pick this up for only $899.99, which is $600 off for one heck of an Ultrabook. But if you're on the laptop side of things and you still need to do some gaming, then Microsoft Xbox Series S is back in the deals. The 512 gigabyte holiday edition console is back at $249.99, which is $50 off. Plus it comes with an extra controller valued at $60. Perfect best of both worlds situation. Go live your Hannah Montana dreams. But until tomorrow, enjoy the rest of your hot news and I'll see you then. Cheers. Thank you, Reese. You know what? I would like to install third-party software on you just like I want to install third-party software on my iPhone and it's being reported by Bloomberg that Apple is now preparing to allow third-party app stores on the iPhone with the launch of iOS 17. However, the details to note here are the fact that this is likely going to be exclusively available in Europe and will only allow approved apps like you have to go through some back-end thing with Apple in order to make that work. But this is part of the EU's Digital Markets Act, which makes it so that they have to have these things implemented on their operating system. So Apple will have to allow third-party app stores as well as side loading, but Apple is still trying to figure out how to mandate certain security requirements or how to do it where they still have their fingers in the pie of what's going on, potentially even financially. Apple saying that they disagree with this, saying it's a cyber criminal's best friend, which is really just 
kind of the wrong argument to come from Apple. I'm gonna take a second to detour on a brand here, but the whole thing that Apple's been going through with the FBI and the US regulators when it comes to encrypting things that they use in iCloud, the FBI and US government agencies have been, yeah, that's bad for criminals. They're gonna be able to hide stuff. And Apple's just like, Suck it, nerds. But now when it comes to the government mandating things that are beneficial to the consumer, just like encrypting things end to end on iCloud would be, Apple's like, but then that the criminals can use it. But you just gave the criminals the ability to end to end encrypt things. Like you're playing both sides of the fence there, which absolutely is what a major conglomerate's gonna do. They have to be able to do that in order to even become a trillion dollar company. You don't get that way by taking care of all of the proper means and measures. You got you gotta play everything. You gotta make sure you win all of the capitalism by doing whatever you can. When, when I heard this argument, it just, it's the exact same one that the FBI is using to get Apple to stop encrypting things and they're just like, suck it. And I just, I want third-party app stores, side-loading apps, and I also want end-to-end -end encryption. I want all of the things that are happening. Let me know what you think of this third-party stuff for Apple down below in those comments. But you know what I also want? I wanna be done with disks on my consoles. I know that this is a PC-focused audience, but I just, I, I buy the digital edition of the consoles if I can. Anyway, Sony's trying to make that easier. It's been reported earlier that there's gonna be an attachable disk accessory to come out with the PlayStation and Sony's gonna sunset the current PlayStation 5s that are out there, both the digital and the disc version, and instead only produce one singular one. And in case you want the disc edition, it will come with a detachable disc drive. And now the reports that are coming out is that developers actually have it in their hands, their test kits, and that it's working flawlessly. You just attach it to a USB-C port, and then it's able to read the Blu-ray disc. I mean, add in the fact that most games, even if they have a disc edition, will just download the game any rate and run it off of the internal storage and you don't actually need the disc in the first place. I just, this seems to be the inevitable march forward to having everything be digital, which I hear the arguments on. Uh, well, then you don't own it because it's on the app store. I'm totally okay with that personally. If Sony goes belly up and I lose all my video games, I just, okay doesn't really bother me all that much. Additionally, there's the discussion around the used market and not having the discs makes it very difficult to repurpose any sort of game that you have and everybody who wants to play it will have to buy it from Sony or Microsoft in order to make that happen, which again, I'm personally, personally okay with, but I wanna hear what your thoughts on the disc removal of consoles is down below in those comments. But today's a big day for me because it's the Witcher 3 next-gen launch day. The reports coming out, the screenshots and the videos that I'm seeing are fantastic. And so I likely, as of the time of release of Hot News, I'm gonna be jamming some Witcher 3, okay? I've been waiting for so long. I wanted to do a playthrough of the Witcher 3 18 months ago. And then CD Projekt Red announced this next-gen port saying it was coming in Q1 of 2022. And I was like, I can wait that long, I can wait six months. And then when they delayed it, I was like, I can wait a little bit more. And then I, we're finally here, we're finally here, but the beneficial part is I have an RTX 4090 now, which means I can run this at higher resolutions and higher frame rates, so it's okay. 
It's okay that I had to wait because I get the best of it. Anyways, the reviews for it on PS5 seem to be that it's it's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna be enjoying it so much, just like Catlin is likely playing through the Crisis Core remaster. It's gonna be fantastic. But one of the things that CD Projekt Red maybe should have considered is something that's happening with Hogwarts Legacy. They're actually gonna be delaying the release of the game, but only on legacy consoles. So the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series and PC versions are gonna be launching on the upcoming release date of February. February 7th, but then for PlayStation 4 and Xbone consoles, it's going to be on April 4th, and then on the crappiest console that exists, it's going to be launching on July 25th, with the developer saying that they need the extra time in order to polish it and make sure that it runs smoothly on the lower end consoles, which I think this is a gr this is the first time I'm ever seeing it. I mean, we're kind of already two years into the new consoles. We're probably going to start moving past the dual launches, and it's just going to be on the PS5 and the Xbox series consoles, but this is a great idea. If CD Projekt Red had said, hey, we're launching on December 10th, 2020 for the PS5, the Series X and the PC, and that will launch in a few months on the lower end consoles, I think people would have been upset, but would have perfectly understood. This is actually a good idea. I'd like to see it. It makes a lot of sense. I want more of that. Actually, I want less of it. Stop developing for the old consoles. Just develop for the new ones and PC. Either force people to PC or force people to not play it at all. Now, that's what I want for some reason. Uh, let's not talk about that anymore. Let's talk about Intel's non-K-series CPUs. There's benchmarks coming out from motherboard manufacturers indicating that there are quite the few improvements coming in on only the 65-watt parts. We're seeing that on single-core performance in Cinebench R23, things like the 13900 are 10% faster than the 12900, and things like the 13400 are 6% faster than the 12400. So, modest single-core improvements, but where the real games are coming in is in the multi-core, which we know that because Intel's adding more efficiency cores to all of these chips. You can see that something like the 13700 is 34% faster than the 12700, the 13400 is 28% faster than the 12400, and something like the 13500 is 64% faster than the 12500 because Intel's making those improvements on adding more e-cores to these Raptor-like chips, making them that much sweeter, and hopefully, as long as they're at the same price point, it's gonna be a decent reason to upgrade to the 13th gen if you skipped 12th gen. It's good stuff if you need multi-core. And in case you don't want Raptor Lake, they're gonna be launching a Raptor Lake refresh in Q3. According to the latest roadmap, Q3 of next year, indicating a refresh across all sectors, entry workstation, consumer K, consumer MS, and commercial, seeming that Intel is not confident that they're actually gonna be able to beat AMD with their current launch lineup and that they're gonna to need to update it, especially if AMD comes out with their X3D chips in Q1 or Q2 of next year. Raptor like refresh might not even be enough, especially in the gaming sector. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to see less of you because hot news is done. I'll be allegedly back here for more tomorrow if that's how life works.